If you're a fan of this podcast and want to see it continue, help support us on Patreon, where you can unlock tons of exclusive content, including, but not limited to, movie commentaries, ad-free versions of our promo specials, extended cuts, early access to new episodes, behind-the-scenes clips, first access to merchandise, blooper reels, and even a chance to vote on what we cover next on our podcaster's disassembled episodes. Just head right on over to patreon.com slash podcastersassemble. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash podcastersassemble. Link in the show notes. For years, the best podcasters from around the world have gathered to review, reminisce, and riff on popular franchises. They've assembled the Earth's mightiest superheroes, traveled to a galaxy far, far away, drank many martinis, shaken, not stirred, witnessed the battle of the Alpha Titan. Defended Earthrealm from Outworld. Get over here! And other audio adventures. But there were some movies that didn't make the cut. From the creators of Podcasters Assemble comes a movie hype series hosted by a motley crew of talent. I think over time it would have been one of those things that we just kind of accepted and was just like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a good movie overall. I know we got to look at this this troglodyte here, but uh, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, podcasters disassemble. All right, here we are. Another wonderful surprise, surprise edition of podcasters disassembled. Because Eric, in his infinite wisdom, said, "Hey, Zach, there's a movie coming out, and we need to make." an episode about it. So here we are with Podcasters Disassembled. Uh, I'm Zach. You know you know me from the Neatcast, Effin Cultured, and Podcasters Assembled. And the man, the myth, the legend himself, Eric Slater from every podcast on the world is joining <laughs> us tonight. Welcome back, Eric. Yeah, glad to be back. It's been a minute, I think. <laughs> At least one minute since you and I have conversed about uh, the Batman <laughs> series. So... Hey, we're not talking that's Batman right, tonight. That's right. We're talking about another no. fun little character of a different color. Yeah. This will this will be a nice break from uh yeah, all the Batmanness we're currently uh <laughs> trudging through. True. Um but yeah, yeah, so I'm Eric Slater. You can find me on Epic Fails of History, uh the Super Switch Club, Comic Zombie, and Podcasters Assemble. As well as I'm sure Oh yeah, too too young for this trek as well. <laughs> As well as like two dozen other projects I'm currently, uh, yeah. Um, but today we're actually joined by a special guest who uh, we've we've been wanting to get on for a little while now. It's just has hasn't quite lined up just yet. Uh, but we got him for this one. Uh, it's Stephen White from Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo and Cinema Salsa. Welcome, Stephen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcasters Disassembled. So professional. See, I just threw it around. <laughs> Look at that. And by the way, I just I want to I want to say something real quick. Uh, congratulations, guys, on your nominations for scene snobs. I don't know if y'all are aware of this or I'm not. I'm not. What? But no. you 
Podcasters Assemble got nominated for three <gasps> Scene Snob Awards. What? One for Best Entertainment Podcast, Holy one shit. for Best uh, Comedy Podcast, and one for Podcast of the Year. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Wow. I You did. I feel bad that I haven't heard of this prior to now. <laughs> it's okay. They they just Best announced it today. Wow. And uh, when I when I heard about it, I was like, good. I'm glad that that kind of worked out for you. Nice. Yeah, thanks for thanks for letting us know. So that's that's oh, amazing. Yeah, you're welcome. Steven shows up with all the best news. <laughs> Someone may have had a hand in in oh. the nomination, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about that at all. Well, well, thank you if if uh you happen to know said person. <laughs> Tell them thank you for Okay, us. I'll let them know. I'll let they, them know. they seem like a nice nice individual who may be also involved with podcasting. Perhaps. I mean, it takes one to know one, right? That's what podcasting is all about. Oh, totally. We all have our own little groups and cliques and whatnot. So, yeah, part of the all true. greater podcast network. Well, we um, are. That's right. Very excited to have you here with us, Stephen. So, thank you very much. You've been involved with a lot of assembling, but now we're going to disassemble. Correct. Speaking of congratulations, we should congratulate Stephen. Because Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo just reached its what? 200th episode. I mean, we did. Which is pretty huge. That's a, that's a lot. That's My a God. lot of content. It is. Yeah. I mean, I that's awesome. can't say that I expected we would ever reach 200. And then the numbers just keep going up and up and up. And I was like, shit, we're at 200 now. <laughs> so maybe I ought to do something about that. And we didn't really do a whole big shindig. But, you know, Eric, I appreciated your, your kind words. Uh, stuck them in there for everybody oh, yeah. to hear and hopefully drove everyone to Podcaster Symbol and all your other great content. But the uh, the icon that I designed, since I like doing that every week, was a labor of love. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. And that way you get to see the legacy of it all. That was a cool image. Yeah, it's like um, not a montage. What's that called? Collage. Collage. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a good collage. Yeah, thank you. I wanted everyone to see... Everything, if they haven't seen it before, they're seeing it all now. This is everything up to this point. So in another 100 episodes, maybe I'll do another collage. Just got to use a magnifying glass. <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, for, for those that aren't familiar, before we get into the movie, Stephen, can you, what is the brief synopsis of Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo? I mean, because you talk about a lot of stuff, but <laughs> do your best. We do. Uh, it initially started as a video game podcast, and that's still technically what it is. We talk about the the week's news of uh, the week past, anything big headlines that have been going on, any big stories in the industry. Uh, we kind of put our own spin on it, what we think about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, occasionally we've kind of loosened things up a little bit. We like to chit-chat about things at the beginning before we get into the news or the headlines of anything that we're covering. So if we want to talk about movies or, or whatever's going on in the world, hey, we're going to throw it out there and kind of give our two cents on it. I don't know if people care <laughs> what we think about <laughs> our, our politics or, or, or our movie preferences or TV preferences, you know, because they're there for the video games. But we thought, hey, maybe it'll loosen things up and people will enjoy that, too. And some of our guests, like both of you, I mean, you're podcasters, but you're not really specifically in the video game space, mm -hmm. per se. But we've had you guys on because I wanted to promote what you do because I'm such a big fan. And I, like I've said before on our own podcast, I love Podcasters Assemble. This is just a branch with that 
and just makes it even better. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for it. But yeah, we talk about video games uh, primarily, and I try every week to come up with some new topic. Like if there's a new game coming out that everyone's been talking about, like I think the most recent one we did was Horizon Forbidden West, and I did a review on that. Uh, If we're not doing reviews, I'll try to do a a deep dive history into video game uh, culture studios that have popped up games we did a history of mario which i kind of realized we'd never really done yeah that was good so i thought it would be fun yeah that was a good that was yeah a good i like if i can find a good angle on it you know if it's just something where someone said uh let's create a little guy and he jumps and now he's jump man and that's all the story is there's, it's not very fun but if there's a hook in there somewhere <laughs> that makes it fun or interesting, then I really like to to go into a deep dive with those stories and share those should the public not know about them. Definitely. And the history of Nintendo itself is pretty fascinating. It really was. <laughs> it's crazy it, stuff. It, it kind of padded out that that story because, I mean, the, the story of Mario was interesting, but I didn't feel like it was enough. So I thought adding in a little bit of the history <laughs> kind of leading yeah. up to uh, Miyamoto being hired and everything kind of tied in nicely. Definitely. So I thought that was kind of a nice addition, but it really came down to, well, this is the history of Mario, so we got to start from the beginning, and then we'll get there, because it all really ties together. Without Mario, we might not have Nintendo. I I think you're pretty pretty on the nose oh, yeah. of that. <laughs> Without Mario, Nintendo would not be, certainly would not be what it is today. No, I honestly, after I got done researching that and really writing it out, it, it was very apparent that they had been getting by. I mean, for you really think about that, for almost 100 years, they were skating by the skin of their teeth trying to keep the company afloat. And it wasn't until Mario came along that it really solidified who they were. Even Donkey Kong really wasn't the key element, but he was responsible for Mario's creation. But even if they hadn't done Super Mario Brothers, would it still be what it is today? So it's, it's really fascinating to think about. Just that one decision. And without Mario, we wouldn't have Sega. I mean, we wouldn't have Sonic the Hedgehog either. <laughs> True. True. That's correct. See? And we wouldn't be talking about this movie today. That's right. Segway, segway, segway. Segwaying into the <laughs> 2020 film Sonic the Hedgehog, which I, when I grew up, I only had the NES. Um, I had friends that had Genesis. So I did play the Sonic game, Sonic 1 and 2 here and there growing up were you guys able to play the genesis in the sonic games uh when you were when you were growing up so uh i grew up with a super nintendo at my mom's house but my dad actually had a genesis so i kind of got the best of both worlds uh from the 16-bit era um and i gotta say sonic especially sonic 2 was my jam like i loved that game uh so yeah you know this this movie really brought back a lot of nostalgia for me uh yeah sonic in particular it's all about the old school games like we can get into the 3d games if you want a little bit most of them are pretty hit or miss mostly miss in my opinion but uh i did i did love like sonic mania sonic generation sonic 4 but that's only because they harken back to those old school genesis era games that's my gold standard steven I definitely grew up with a Nintendo. 
uh, much like you, Zach. So Sega really wasn't part of my childhood, mm-hmm. but I did have cousins that had a Sega Genesis. So anytime I was spending the night over there, spending any kind of time over there, and I got to try it or play it, Sonic was kind of the go-to game. And it really felt like a step up because you're oh, yeah. going from 8-bit to 16-bit. And this is like, oh, wow, this is really just amazing. But that was up until the Super Nintendo came along. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to stick with Nintendo, even though the Sega is kind of cool. I think I'll stick with what I know. But, yeah, I, I've got pretty fond memories. I enjoyed playing it um, when I had the chance. So he's always been one of those characters that's there. And I enjoy playing the games. But over time, even if I revisit it, it's like, yeah, I don't have the nostalgia for it like i do other games for the nintendo i get that yeah well when you when you've got a nes or a super nintendo like you did eric and that that's what you're going to harken back to because you spent so much time with it as i know a lot of i'm sure there's a lot of people that had the genesis that feel the same way because maybe they played the super nintendo here or there but you know they're going to harken back to uh to sonic so when they were first announcing this this film and you heard that there there was a Sonic film being made. What was your initial reaction to it, Eric? Skeptical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I mean, you got it's it's not hard. You just look at the list of video game movie adaptations we've had over the last twenty years, and most of it's like flaming hot garbage. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we do have a few bright spots, like the first Mortal Kombat movie is amazing, in my opinion. I think that still holds up. Yeah, for me. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, most of it, like the Super Mario Brothers movie is a good example of what can definitely go wrong with a live action, you know, take on mm-hmm. side scroll. I will pause it. I will pause it. There's a good movie in there somewhere. Sure. I just don't it's know where it's Mario at. Movie. It's not a Mario movie. No, <laughs> but there's a good movie in there somewhere. I, yeah, it, well, it's that's one cast. of those movies that, yeah, yeah it really does. Cast. And they, yeah. they, play it to it play it to the hilt but sure like you said there's just there's so much in the background that happened that really ruined what that movie was supposed to be yeah and perhaps it was a i've heard stories that it was really dark and maybe that wasn't the way you needed to go with a mario movie i understand that <laughs> yeah but all these meddling fingers mess with what it could have been and i think i would have rather had a good yet dark Super Mario movie versus what we got. Oh, yeah, you totally. I, I always like it when directors get to do what they intend to do, like what their vision is. When the producers come in with right. their notes, that's when things tend to go wrong. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a good movie in there. Um, I enjoyed it as a kid. Not that, not that we're going to get into that one too much. Uh, but that's yeah, that's a future episode, back. Eric. Don't don't worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get back into that at some point. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll come back for that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm have to drink heavily before I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what they did too. That's yeah. what we've heard. <laughs> Bob Hoskins was plastered. I I understand why. It was like the only movie he regretted making. <laughs> I think I think that's I think that's true. Uh, Steven, what about you when you first heard about the, uh, the Sonic movie? Were you also skeptical, excited? What, what was it? Yeah, I'd say skeptical was proper because, like Eric had said, there were not that many good 
movies based on video games. And I think before this one came out, we actually did get a bright spot, or at least I felt like it was, which was Detective Pikachu. Oh, that's and right. that was kind of a, a surprise. So I, I tried to be cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, Sega had not really, at least I can't think of any Sega-based movies mm -hmm. uh, that had happened prior to this. So they didn't have a track record. They were using their flagship character, so there were all these elements that were to be expected. Yeah. And if they didn't get it right, it was just going to fail, and we we got that trailer. <laughs> and that was immediately going, oh, God, yeah, yep. okay. <laughs> the teeth that's, that's, <laughs> where, that's where I was going to go to was uh, I went back and I watched the initial trailer again today just because... I remember when it came out and just like you guys, I was skeptical because I was going back through the list. I was going, all right, I haven't, I still haven't seen Detective Pikachu, but I've heard it's, it's entertaining. That's a solid movie. I'd seen, yeah. I've seen Rampage. That was awful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. I, I am a massive fan of the entire Warcraft series and that movie was just trying to do too much in too little time. Yeah. The should have been a miniseries. It's yes, it should have been. Resident Evil has been horrible. And just going back through everything that I knew, I didn't have high hopes. And then that trailer dropped and all of our reactions was, what the hell did they do? What is this abomination in the trailer? <laughs> he has teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, he's ugly. I, But the, the reaction that everybody had was so visceral that yeah. they went back and they redid it the right way but doesn't it make oh you, yeah they totally fixed it but doesn't it make you wonder I, and this is this is something that i've wondered ever since they've done it and every time i've watched it since if the movie was exactly mm -hmm. what we know it to be but with that design would it still be watchable or would we be distracted the entire time <laughs> going god this freak what the hell? And just being so angry, looking at the Sonic yeah. design, the rest of the movie doesn't matter. No matter how good Jim Carrey is, yeah. it's just like this fucking abomination. I can't stand to look at it. Eric, what do you think? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, the thing is, when they do trailers for CG movies, you know that that CG is unfinished anyways. Yeah. A lot of times. So maybe it would have been better even without the fan backlash by the time the movie came out. But I am glad they course corrected because it looks great compared to what we what yeah. those initial screenshots were, you know. No, I I agree. It I, I think I would be distracted the entire time and I would not enjoy the movie. Every time that they would have Sonic on screen, I would not be able to enjoy it. I I would try. I would give it a shot. <laughs> and then I would come out depressed i think over time it would have been one of those things that we just kind of accepted and we're just like yeah okay i mean it's a good movie overall i know we got to look at this this troglodyte here but uh, it's fine <laughs> but yeah i really feel like it would have detracted from the movie as a whole and that would be all that anyone remembers to hell with anything else that happens in it no matter mm -hmm. how good certain scenes are performances it would all come down to that design and that's all it would be known for so it would have this yeah taint about it maybe maybe you guys could look past it i don't think i could i think i would have <laughs> if i ever watched it i would have watched it and 
I don't know if I would enjoy the. I don't know if I would be able to look past that. I I don't know. Going back through all these other movies that I have for Batman that I remember uh-huh. liking as a child, there's stuff I can't look past now. Going, oh, that was horrible. Oh God, yeah, no, yeah, not at all. Man, this is yeah. That's a franchise with some low points, as we'll get into in the next couple weeks. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know that much about the actual Sonic character and lore and everything. So I, I have no idea if this movie is actually accurate uh, to the video games uh, other than in, in the beginning and opening sequence, it looked like whatever it was, green, green Hills or green Hills. What, mm-hmm. Green yeah. Hills was the starting zone. Um, and it were, we start the movie on a distant planet. We have a, a not a baby Sonic, but he's a little, little, little hedgehog running around at supersonic speed. Um, and, I didn't realize this, but as I'm looking up the details, he's being chased by echidnas. Yes, that's what, was that's what it looked like, yeah. So I didn't realize that'll play into the sequel that's coming up. I didn't realize that that was the echidnas, which is what Knuckles is, who who comes in in the later games and is going to be in Sonic 2. And he's got a guardian, uh, an owl named Longclaw, gives him a bag of rings, and these rings open portals to other planets. And he escapes from the echidnas while she presumably sacrifices herself to save him. I have no idea if that's accurate to anything in the game. I know the Eggman's in the game, and he captures <laughs> yeah. animals, and that's about all I knew. Yeah, Eric, you're going to have to speak to that because so. I don't, I couldn't say. <laughs> now, I'm not a, I'm not like a hardcore Sonic fan, but I did read a bunch of the comics as a kid. Um, and you know, I've, I've played most of the games. I'd say it's true to the games in spirit. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of that, that opening that I don't know if that was ever in like his origin. The only other thing I remember vaguely in my childhood memory is I, I vaguely remember a Sonic comic and I thought that, um, that Sonic started, uh, with, a doctor, like a good doctor, and it may have mm-hmm. been Robotnik before he went crazy. And while Sonic was testing some sort of uh, invention that he made, it malfunctioned and exploded and turned Sonic blue and made Robotnik go crazy. Uh, I don't know if I'm misremembering. It could have been a fever dream. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember seeing a, a brief comic book like that. But I I was a child back then. It's been so long since I don't remember. I would say that probably sounds accurate. I don't remember that comic. Yeah. But I do remember, I think I had a super, it was a Super Mario comic or a Captain N comic. May may have been actually both tied in together. I think it was from Valiant, matter of fact. And they had taken a lot of liberties things and you're just like huh okay i guess that's how that works i mean because we didn't have deep stories like we do today so mm-hmm. if they throw something mm-hmm. new at you you're just like eh, okay i even remember samus in the captain in story was a guy with a big bushy beard oh, man. And I was like, oh, okay that's, I guess that's weird yeah. that's different yeah <laughs> that's called a liberty we're not gonna let a lady be here we yep. only need one and that's the princess <laughs> of video land <laughs> Yeah, I do remember there was a cartoon as well, and I I do distinctly mm-hmm. remember as a kid I was like the comic and the cartoon are different. Like these are these stories aren't adding up. Uh, I don't remember like the specifics. Yeah. I just remember it seems like 
every time there's a new Sonic, it's like a totally different story. Weren't there two cartoons? Wasn't there one that was a little bit more? There's a few. Uh, I don't know. Dr- uh, yeah. More professionally drawn that seemed a little bit more serious. And then it was kind of like the goofy Sonic. Yeah, there was. A- yeah, there was one that was on broadcast television. I think it was ABC, if I'm not mistaken. But that may have changed depending on region. It was on ABC here. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. And then there was a syndicated version that aired at the same time, but weekly as opposed to Saturdays. And that was the Adventures of Sonic. And that was the, I guess, the wonkier one oh, that you're yeah. you're talking about. It it had like a lower quality to it. Is that the Chili Dogs yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. Like it, they kind of did the Chili Dog thing in the other one, I think. But it was it wasn't like... The, the 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 Saturday morning cartoon was much more the... <laughs> serious. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was fighting a, a war or something in whatever world they lived in. It was, you know, I guess it was all right for kids. Okay. Yeah. I, fo- I found them. And they, they actually premiered the same year. Adventures of Sonic came out first. And then Sonic the Hedgehog is the more serious one. That's Sonic and a group of rebels aiming to defeat Robotnik in a futuristic version of Mobius. Ah, okay. Mm, so right. yeah, that, right. I wasn't crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's also a Sonic X series. There, there's a few of them, I think, like late in later years. Mm-hmm. And didn't, was it Sonic X? I feel like it was Sonic X. Or there, maybe I'm thinking, no, it was Kirby. I'm thinking of, never mind. Tail with it. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. That was actually pretty good too. There was a Mega yeah. Man cartoon too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, there. Yes, I remember those. Uh, there's a whole. There's a whole slew of '90s cartoons that we can go back through our childhood and and re- and remember. Uh, with this movie, we we uh, since Sonic escapes from whatever world he was on, he ends up in Green Hills, Montana. Uh, it's yes. been ten years. He's living a secret life there. Um, staying away from everybody. He longs to make friends and he idolizes the local sheriff, Cyclops. I mean, um, uh, what's <laughs> James Marsden? Tom, what, Cha- Tom Wachowski <laughs> calling him Donut, Donut Lord. Lord because he loves yes. eating donuts. Uh, his, his wife, Maddie, is a veterinarian. He calls her Pretzel Lady mm-hmm. because of her flexibility <laughs> and unaware that the <laughs> pair are planning to relocate to San Francisco. Uh, and this continue Sonic wants to become friends, but is slowly like, like most movies when you're not supposed to make friends, he continues to push that lane a little bit more to the point that he, um, uh, overcharges a baseball field <laughs> and causes a blackout. <laughs> yeah. He causes him yeah. EMP. That's it. Is nuts. And it wasn't just the town. I think it took out the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> like everyone yeah. lost power. Yeah, it seemed pretty big. <laughs> I mean, it was bad enough that it got the attention of the Pentagon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Which apparently uh, Dr. Robot- Robotnik is a part of. It's, you know, Jim Carrey gets typecast in a lot of ways. And sometimes I I, I go and I look at him and go, really, Jim? Okay. He was a treasure <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> like, he was. I, I really I agree. enjoyed I- him. I think this is probably the best Jim Carrey role in decades, at least for, as far as comedies. Because he's had some really good dramatic roles over the years. You got like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, but this is like mm-hmm. early 90s Jim Carrey at his peak. It's perfect. 
He's over the top, but it, it totally oh, yeah. works. And it definitely fits with the tone of this movie, too, you know. For sure. Yeah, he's he's over the top classic Jim Carrey, but I wouldn't say he's Ace Ventura the mask over the top, but he <laughs> is being he is being himself to a point. You know, oh, uh, he's reined in a little bit, but he's still yes. able to kind of do some of his goofier stuff, which as you as you said, it just adds to everything that's kind of going on and just it works. For whatever reason, oh, yeah. it just works here. It just fits the tone. It works. It works in a way that the Riddler didn't work. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but uh, this is just something that I, I it nags me in other movies and I, I kind of like it here. I like that they didn't change his name. I like that he was Dr. Robotnik. It wasn't some term that they he just oh. coined in later. Yeah. Like I'll even say this with the Batman. They changed the Riddler's name, Edward Nashton. And in the scene in which it happened, I'm sitting there thinking, he gave you two fake IDs and you couldn't just have the other one say Enigma? You know, I mean, (laughs) that that wasn't that much of a stretch, you know, because we didn't really solidify that was his name. So it just a little nagging thing. But so I appreciate that they just leaned into it and said, yeah, his name's Robotnik, whatever. We also get this great part towards the beginning with uh, Crazy Carl. Do you guys remember oh, that? Yeah. There's this hilarious yeah. montage Cra- and he has the terrible like son- sonic drawing from the from the meme, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah, because he's conv- he knows that this blue blue devil blue creatures out there in the woods whipping around and sonic sonic's kind of like just playing with them but uh, crazy carl knows all about sonic and nobody believed him poor carl poor guy <laughs> so doc dr robotnik is is set sent in to uh, figure out what's um what's going on uh tom is um he runs into sonic in what the shed because sonic is hiding in his house yeah and he shoots him with a tranquilizer dart uh, yeah and in I forget how. How did uh, how did Robotnik know right where Sonic was? Is there was he able to track? Was Sonic letting out energy at the time? Is that how he I was able to find out was, where Sonic was? I think it was the energy signature of the ring. So every time oh, he used yeah. a ring, mm, he could track yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Same as kind of him using his EMP or his speed. I think that's what it was. And I like that they gave Robotnik like an army of uh, drones. Which is, that was that was pretty yes, cool. which a, a little bit different from the games where he's imprisoning other cute, lovable animals that you would have to free by jumping on them. And these are just plain drones, at least in this movie. Who knows what's going to happen? In the next I was, was going right. to say we might see that in the next one. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Uh, so, so Tom shoots uh, shoots Sonic. He and then Robotnik shows up, and there's a there's a slight altercation there, hmm. right? The well, yeah, uh, Robotnik comes to Tom's house, and then he because he had detected the signature and he was trying to casually make his way in, acting like he's from the electric company. And Tom's like, "Nah, I'm not buying that for a second. And then when he gets in there, he starts sniffing around, and eventually uses one of his little gadgets and tracks Sonic. I think no, he actually found one of his hairs. He found the quill. Yeah, one or, of his yeah, quills. The hair. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because Tom Tom found that on the side of the road when Sonic mm-hmm. ran by his uh, his speed detector, uh, and Tom took it back. That's right. 
because Robotnik takes that. That that becomes a little, uh, not a MacGuffin, but it becomes a plot device <laughs> later. Yeah, definitely. So they escape and they're they're on the run. Robotnik. Uh, we start seeing a little bit more of creations from from Robotnik. He's got that big. Uh, essentially like a, a moving assault tank that continues to get smaller and smaller every time chasing them down on the highway, but continues to get more and more deadly. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That felt like one of like the bosses from one of the games, kind of. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Just design-wise. And it kind of helped ramp up the tension there because every single time you're wondering, well, how much more can he be pulling out of his little bag of tricks? Because you take down the tank and then something smaller comes out. You take down the other thing, another thing smaller comes out until we get this teeny tiny little drone that just (laughs) eviscerates the truck and turns into a bomb. (laughs) <laughs> which uh which takes out uh sonic that that whole sequence was nuts it it was a fun chase sequence and uh you get to see you get to see sonic in in action doing something other than just running fast in circles going all right this is how he can actually use his speed to his advantage it's like uh exactly. quicksilver in the uh in the x-men movies it's a lot like yeah. that we actually have a scene a little bit later on where it like goes into slow-mo just like yes. in uh days of future past uh, I love that whole scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, you know, this whole movie. Yeah, that was in the uh, the bar, right? Yeah, the bar. Exactly. <laughs> we got in the bar fight. That was um, that was a silly part that I just I really enjoyed. I did. I didn't a hundred percent understand what was going to happen, but as it started to unfold, I was going, "Okay, this is he's Quicksilver, but he's having a little bit more fun with it." Yeah. Yeah. He's he's very irreverent. And that was it's, it's almost like a family friendly Deadpool movie, which is like odd to say, yeah. but that's exactly <laughs> what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's almost like it's self aware. He's almost speaking to us, the audience, you know. And and while we're talking about it, I mean, since you were kind of focused on that, you got to give it up for Ben Schwartz. I mean, I don't know who else could have played this character like that, but he does it just so perfectly you know it's just oh yeah he's the right kind of voice the right kind of attitude where he kind of seems childlike but you know mm-hmm. he can be serious when he needs to and he's just he's towing the line just right and i fell in love with the man right yeah. here and i went and searched out everything that he'd done after that i'm a big fan of his and ducktales by the way <laughs> Yeah, he really brings a lot of a uh, lot of energy to it. It's so fast paced, like the yeah. like, the quippy dialogue and everything. Um, I don't know; it just really speaks to my ADD sensibilities. I guess <laughs> I dug it. <laughs> it's kind of like the Ninja Turtles; they're teenagers, so, but they're right. capable, but they're still kids. And Sonic right. here is capable, but he's still a kid. He's just he's immature at times. He's yes. he, he doesn't have an ego necessarily, but he just doesn't. He's not grown up yet. And you see that throughout the film. And it's great that he was able to, that Ben was able to portray that with a anthropomorphic CGI created hedgehog. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not easy. Not easy to do that. There's a lot of room for character growth there. I think so. Sure. Yeah. So they continue, uh, they continue on their way. uh, And the reason they got to go to, what is it? California. Cause Sonic's, Sonic's rings dropped through a ring on top of a tower. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in California. So they're on a road I think trip. It's San Francisco. Right? San Francisco. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're on the way to, to San Francisco to find the rings that are up on a skyscraper somewhere. Uh and so they're uh Tom's 
wife? Yeah, she's already taken off because yes. they're thinking about leaving and going out towards San Francisco, I believe. So on their way, Sonic's making a bucket list to try and you know knock all these things off because he's never done it. And one of the biggest things is he wants to have a best friend or a real friend. So you've got this mm. other side story that comes up and it's it's kind of tropey to a point that not the you know will they won't they of the romantic but you have the the <laughs> friend but not really a friend of well you're my friend but i don't consider you a friend but you're just a hedgehog and i'm just a cop and <laughs> it it didn't yeah. bother me like i knew how it was gonna go but this the way that they didn't uh did not bother me yeah it's a little cliche but some movies when they when you do something like this it's original enough yeah, when when you do something like this, you can go, oh, geez, of course it, yeah, here it comes. They're going to do it. It, I think it fit the story. I think they did an okay job with it. Yeah, I mean. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't very ham-fisted at all. I mean, it felt natural. That whole aspect of the story I felt was so earnest that, like, it kind of won me over, you know? Like, this kind of thing, yeah, it would normally yeah. annoy me. And, you know, I don't think this could work in, like, a Mario Brothers movie necessarily. Not Not like this, at least. But uh, for here, I don't know, something about it really worked. I, I guess it was maybe the um, just that dynamic. It was almost like the older brother dynamic, you know, because he was. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Sonic's basically a kid, you know, or a teenager, I guess. Yeah. And Donut Lord doesn't have kids yet, so he doesn't know how to react. <laughs> right, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and let's give it up for James Marsden, too. I mean, this is a man. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but. I feel like he's a leading man that's never had a chance to really lead a film, mm -hmm. perhaps. Mm -hmm. Because even in this, he's playing second fiddle to Sonic, you know? And he's just never had that chance to shine, but he's always so damn good in any movie he's in. And even if he's We'd playing the foil to our hero, he's still mm -hmm. a good guy. <laughs> you, you can't yeah. help but love him. It's unfortunate because, like, he is clearly a good actor and they cast him as Cyclops, yeah. but they never really utilized him in those movies. Like, it was always the no. Wolverine show, but, like, I would have loved to see him as Cyclops as the main character in an X-Men movie. I feel like we really missed out on that. For sure. So as they're uh, continuing towards San Francisco, at this point, Sonic was, you know, hurt, injured by the robot exploding. Um, luckily... Uh, Tom's wife, uh, she she is a veterinarian who is, I'm sure, equipped That's to handle right. outer outer space hedgehogs that that can talk <laughs> and run real fast. Um, so they end up finding her at her at her sister's. Was that it? And yes. her sister is yep. a horrible individual. I I know you were supposed to hate her. I I hate her. So they they were successful. Oh, they did. There was no redeeming qualities to her whatsoever. She just yeah. you got to divorce him. You got to divorce him. It's like what did he do? That's what mm -hmm. I want to know. What did he do? <laughs> it makes her hate him so much. It's not what he did. It's I don't know. She's got some baggage. There's a story there. I kind of felt bad for her. There has to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in the Sonic prequel. It's all about um about <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> yeah. So while they're there at Rachel's home, um, Tom is explaining the uh, the the situation uh, to uh, to Maddie, his his wife, and Rachel's daughter. I forget her her name, but she notices that Sonic is um, 
as he's recovering that his shoes are all beat to hell, that he's been piecing them together with mm. duct tape because he runs so fast they've been destroyed. And she happens to have what we what we've seen for many generations of the sonic shoes and she yeah she gives him the the shoes which i i thought that was a fun little endearing part yeah. oh yeah i thought that was a great moment uh yeah it was clever <laughs> it was a nice way for him to get his uh his kicks proper yes definitely uh were they were they nikes i'm trying to remember i feel like there was I maybe like, like a brand they were. thing going on there I, yeah because didn't they sell these because I feel like there were some on the market. It might have been limited edition, but I'm almost positive. That makes sense. Someone came out with them. If it wasn't Nike, Puma keeps popping up in my head, too. Oh, or maybe they maybe. had a special edition version of them. I, I can't remember. But I know there was licensing. Speaking of licensing, while you're looking that up, what about Olive Garden? My God, the product placement <laughs> in this movie for Olive Garden. <laughs> they didn't even try to hide it. This was blunt. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's almost a plot point at one point. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, what about that never-ending pasta bowl? Well, when you're here, your family is like, Jesus Christ, how much did you get paid? <laughs> it was played for laughs, but like, yeah, it was a bit much. But yeah, I mean, just, just slightly off of the laughs. I mean, it was a pretty much a commercial right in the middle of the movie. And at the end. Yeah. And at the end. <laughs> So what I have found is uh, it was Puma. Puma. Okay. Okay. It was from the the shoe the shoe surgeon and Puma uh, back in February of 2020 uh, created these these Sonic shoes that we see in in the movie. So they're the nice collaboration between the two. Okay. Don't know if they're still available. There's a bunch on Etsy that Doubt are it. <laughs> similar <laughs> that you can go and you can go and find if you want your own pair of Sonic shoes. Not guaranteed to make you run fast like Sonic. Do not attempt to run up or down buildings. You will die. <laughs> just letting you know. Good to know my memory is not shot just yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. Uh, so they are able to uh, av- they're able to get uh, to leave Rachel's house. They tie her up because she wants to report Tom and Sonic because uh, the government is looking for them. Uh, Tom, Sonic, Maddie take off. They're they're heading to uh, find Sonic's rings, which is on top of the w- whichever building uh, tower. And by the time they get up, the there, popular robot, building, the popular <laughs> one where everybody is not. And they have to sneak in. They sneak in by putting Sonic in, in a um, oh God. a duffel bag, and there was this yeah. was a cringy was part. Hilarious. Just it was funny and cringy, <laughs> it's cringy yeah. when they have Sonic yeah. in a duffel bag and they're standing at the um, the elevator, and Sonic is complaining how he can't breathe in in the duffel bag, and there is a couple people that are standing next to Tom and Maddie, and they can <laughs> like hear, hear Sonic <laughs> complaining, and they're looking down, going, "Did you?" put your son in your in your bag and tom looks over he's like oh no this isn't this isn't my son no (laughs) it does like immediately no red flag (laughs) yes yeah that that should have oh god that would have been more appropriate in a deadpool movie yes and there there would have been more to follow up with a deadpool movie it would have been deadpool's head in the bag (laughs) yeah oh hey that makes sense true Mm -hmm. So this entire time, Sonic, since he's been discovered, he's been contemplating going to um, 
the 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 mushroom world, not the kingdom. That's where Mario is, but to leave and go <laughs> to another world through one of his uh, one of his rings. And right before he's about to leave, Robotnik shows up with all of his uh, all of his drones. And Robotnik has the he has the sonic quill that he's using to power his uh, his ship. And right before he's about to power up, we get um, another cool quicksilver time moment where uh sonic just moves at supersonic speed and just deflects bullets and missiles i use them as drums yes <laughs> yeah tim being a kid i wanted to touch on the mushroom thing real quick yeah eric do you remember any uh mushroom worlds in a sonic game because yes. i wanted to know if this was intentional I was actually going to talk about that. So that's the first level in Sonic and Knuckles, which is basically like an expansion pack okay. on Sonic 3. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like a mushroom stage. I don't know if it's a whole planet, but I was I was thinking it's either a reference to that or like a dig at Nintendo because Sonic's like, oh, mushroom planet, that's, you know, <laughs> and it could have yeah, been both. I guess. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> now <laughs> that I've heard that. My mind goes knowing that Knuckles is working with Robotnik in Sonic 2. Mm -hmm. That is going to play into where Sonic came from, I would think. But right. we saw, but Somehow. we did see Echidnas yeah. on Sonic's original world at the beginning of the movie. So whether Knuckles yeah. may be from that mushroom planet or not, I well, have no idea. Maybe he's in exile too. Maybe. Yeah, that's see, we're all thinking the same. I was thinking <laughs> yes, the same thing. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so during that during that scene though on the building, we get a nice callback to the games where Sonic's like checking his watch, like tapping his foot, and that's like tapping his foot. Yeah. Yep. yeah, when you like didn't pause it and just left him there for a second on the screen. I totally forgot that. And you know, that that's another thing too. Now that you bring that up, because it's the the little Easter eggs they threw in this movie, mm -hmm. I like that they weren't ham-fisted or, or just in your face. They were very subtle in all the right ways. Yes. Like even, I think, one that I'm thinking of is they made a, a reference to chili dogs yeah. in the hotel scene. <laughs> and it made sense in the moment. It wasn't just like, oh, look at me. I'm eating chili dogs. It was just he had yeah. eaten something, let out a, you know... It's a PG movie. We got to have a fart, and he let out a fart, and <laughs> then the guy's like, "Ah, oh, what'd you eat? Uh, chili dog." And it was like, "Okay, well, that makes sense." And it was a, just a nice little wink and a nod to be like, "Ah, he's eating chili dog. See, we get it." Yeah, it wasn't like every five minutes there was a chili dog reference, though. You know, so yeah, I, right. I, less is more. I think they did it. They handled that well. And wouldn't when he was uh, awoken with the smelling salts, gotta go fast. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and that was just nice. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think they they did a good job with with creating a story based upon the games, the simple game lore. Right. Uh, because the lore, I know, gets a lot more involved the further you get into the games and some of the games that people hate. But I yeah. think <laughs> they they went off the idea of, all right, people like like me that may have played a game or know of Sonic we can go into this movie, be entertained and appreciate it for what it is yes. while still giving the little Easter eggs to the people that played these games and loved them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. There were a few nods to like Sonic Adventure throughout, but I think it's mostly just like Sonic the Hedgehog. That's what this is. It's kind of the original game or the basic premise of it. 
Uh, obviously, they took a lot mm-hmm, of liberties right. and really added a lot to it, but I think it works. I think it totally works. Because you can't do like a straight adaptation of the original Sega Genesis game. I mean, that would be weird. Yeah, yeah, I could agree. <laughs> Just Sonic running, running forever <laughs> along certain maps From and then right. fight Robotnik at the end. And yeah, always going left to right, sometimes up and down and around, and then just do that nine times, and that's your movie. Yeah. I'd probably still watch it, to be fair, but yeah, like, I'm glad they actually, like, added in the story about Tom and all that. I think that, like, really added to it. It grounded it a little bit, just enough. (laughs) And, And even putting him on Earth, I think that was one of my biggest concerns, is like, ah, we're gonna do this thing, we're gonna pull him from a world, because they could have easily been like... Sonic is a video game character, and oh, he's coming into our real world, oh, and oh, I'm a video game character. Yeah. That trope, oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still, I mean, I'm glad they didn't do that, but still, it was a character from another world coming to our world, and that that's one of those tropes. It's like, uh, here, I don't know. it can It's hit or miss, but here it works. Oh, totally. Like they, they found a way to make it work, and I was so happy to see that. So we're back up on where we were skyscraper the building oh yeah sorry yes. mm-hmm. so so sonic sonic starts off you know it's kind of like dragon ball in a way where it starts off sonic has the upper hand uh he's able to fight off the drones but then robotnik and enacts the uh the quill that he has to superpower his little egg machine so then he can now move as fast as sonic and he's a little bit more powerful now and they fight uh, they start just blowing through all these rings, and I are these rings like one-time use? They've got to be. They seem to be. I think so. Yeah, because they phase. So he can teleport a hundred times. So, but they use up a bunch of these. They're in San Francisco. They go to China. They go to Egypt. They're hitting. That's right. You're seeing all these world places, um, knocking things off Sonic's bucket list of where he wants to travel. Ultimately, they get back to Green Hills, and Robotnik gets the the upper hand. And then right before the killing blow, the the town <laughs> comes together to uh, to save Sonic. And uh, Crazy Carl has a chainsaw <laughs> randomly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is Crazy Carl. As he should. Yeah. He's crazy. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the town the town comes together. They they show Sonic that they love him, that he's his friend. And that gives him enough friend power <laughs> to, to get super juiced up and does his uh whatever the spinny his spinnerooney attack and just goes and blows up uh eggman's ship yeah now i will say i'll, I'll kind of agree with uh zach your point earlier about the power of friendship because that's exactly how that scene seems to play out is the moment he says that's my friend it's like supercharge and it's like what exactly happened just now? I mean, it, you know, I'll let it slide, but it was just an odd juxtaposition. Suddenly we're pals and that's, I don't know. That that would be one of my little gripes yeah, that I, I definitely lefty. agree with the friendship trope. Yeah. It was almost like, like there was nothing the, uh, leading up to that. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of setup. There was no setup for it. <laughs> it was like um, no, none. <laughs> it was like the uh, the anime uh, the animated Pokemon movie, the first one, uh, where like Ash yeah yeah dies in air quotes, uh, and then you know comes back because Pikachu cried. You know, like he's all better right. now. You know, uh, one of one of those. Gotcha. Yeah. I the yeah, only connection yeah. I can see to it making sense is that. 
<clears throat> I think one of Sonic's bucket list was to have like a real friend or a best friend or something. Oh, so he unlocks the, the bucket only... list. He, he finished the list and that's yes, how he that... became Super Sonic. <laughs> that's okay. it. Right. Because <laughs> we established that checking off your bucket list is going to make you, <laughs> gives you give you a second life. life. <laughs> he gets a one up. I figured it out. Oh, man, I can oh, go sh- back and replay all these games now that I know that. <laughs> yeah. I need to make my own bucket list so I can have a one up. Right. <laughs> Life plus. So after powering up, he's he's able to push Robotnik back through the other uh, ring into the mushroom planet. And so Robotnik is uh is exiled and uh Sonic then feels like he doesn't need to um he doesn't need to leave. He's gonna stay in Green Hills. Tom and Maddie, who were thinking about leaving the simple life of the little town and going to the big city. They want to stay there. Sonic's going to live with them. That was and uh, the government agrees to hide Sonic's existence by erasing all evidence, uh, including records of Robotnik even existing. So they, um, they're apparently okay with Sonic being here for whatever reason. The, the government did a 180. In exchange for a $50 gift card to Olive Garden. Let's just make, be clear about that. <laughs> Important <laughs> plot point. <laughs> Freaking yeah. Olive Garden. Uh, and then we get uh, we get a couple little stingers we at do. the end. Uh, we see three months later, Robotnik. He's still got Sonic's quill, so he's still got this, which I'm surprised that this little piece of Sonic can, can create so much uh, power. And he's... Um, Put it, he's got his new stash, his crazy stash that's going out like <laughs> three feet to either side of his I head. I love that, yeah. The video game accurate stash. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Which is, it, Jim Carrey again pulls off this character very well. Definitely. Uh, and so he he swears that he's going to exact revenge on Earth and, and Sonic. And then on top of that, we see Tails emerge from a yep. ring portal and say, uh, I hope I'm not too late. To be continued. Which they better follow up on. I mean, you can't just end the movie there and not start from that point. Now, I heard this, and I don't know much about it. The person who voiced Tails in the movie, Mm -hmm. she has been the voice of Tails in the past for stuff? It did sound very familiar. Yeah, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, I think is her name. Nice. Okay. And so she's done. Let's go. I should probably look stuff like this up. Uh, <laughs> she she is a voice of Tails in Sonic the Hedgehog franchise since 2014. Oh so, wow, so fairly new. N- yeah, not from the original like game way back when, but since 2014. So about eight eight years she's been voicing Tails. So that's cool. You got someone actually voicing the character to, <coughs> as I die, play the character. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, I also like the setup because like Sonic 2, I mean, that it makes sense to have Sonic and Knuckles in that one, right? Like, if Tails is showing up, yeah. I mean, I was curious if, um, I mean, since we've got Ben Schwartz doing Sonic mm-hmm. and Idris Elba doing Knuckles, which That's is amazing. I didn't realize that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I wouldn't have. That was not the voice I thought of. But when they said it, I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm down I'm, with that. Yeah, but it's great. I mean, no offense to to Colleen or anything like that. But I'm curious as to why they didn't try to do stunt casting with that character. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that she's getting to do it. Hmm. But I'm curious why that was not a. It had to be a conversation. You know, producers out there. Had that conversation. It's like, well, why don't we get, uh, 
I, I've got no names for for tales to be honest with you. I'm just <laughs> spitballing here. Yeah, Chris Pratt was already busy being Mario. There you go. That's why. <laughs> That's right? probably why. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Could you imagine that one? I don't think that no. one worked. I don't think no, that one worked no. at all. I don't. I have no idea if it's going to work coming up. So yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm excited <laughs> I'm, though. Hey, like, I'm I'm willing to give a shot. Yeah, I'm. Um, we'll see what happens. I, you know, going into this one, I was trying to be positive. I, you know, I wasn't trying to get dragged down by a lot of the early negativity and stuff. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. But the second one, like, I'm pretty excited about. It. I, I think it'll be good. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, the trailers got me pumped. You know. It looks like it's going to be like a mix sure. of Sonic 2 and 3 a little bit because you got Knuckles in there, which is cool. Uh, they're doing the whole Chaos Emerald thing. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Synopsis of the second movie. Uh, let's see. After set, uh, settling in Green Hill, Sonic is eager to prove that he has what it takes to be a true hero. He test His test comes with Dr. Robotnik returns with a new partner, Knuckles, in search of the mystical emerald that has the power to destroy civilizations sonic teams up with his own sidekick tails and together they embark on a globe trotting journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hand so it's a single emerald and we and oh. tails has uh, has the plane which yeah, is great set, set up for more sequels mm-hmm. i guess <laughs> if it's just the one emerald <laughs> obviously yeah it's what we got to do we got to set up for sequels uh, we have to we have to get all the emeralds before we get the gauntlet come on don't you know they, this they got to milk this franchise um <laughs> so hey, it's making money yeah <laughs> definitely uh so we kind of skipped over it but the end credits i think might be my favorite part of this whole movie uh i was i was geeking out yeah. over those 2d you know 16-bit graphics because they used like the mm. assets from like the original games, like that kind of style, and then applied it to like the story mm-hmm. of the movie, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that really worked for me. And that wouldn't have worked. It, it wouldn't have worked if we'd have gotten um, freak hedgehogs or whatever <laughs> freak, we're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we'd have been looking at that, going, <laughs> "Why wasn't no, that the movie? Yeah. Why didn't we see that in the movie? Yeah. What is is wrong with you?" <laughs> That would have been just like the middle finger from the studio if they'd have done that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We would have been even more angry. Uh, and and oh, yeah. pro- I, I guarantee you that there wouldn't have been a sequel. There'd be too much outrage. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, you know what? There would be a sequel because they would have corrected it. And then we would have looked at we would have been looking at the sequel demanding a Snyder cut version of Sonic with <laughs> with the fixed face. And it would be four right, hours long. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. Yep, yep. You're probably not that far off. There are a lot of deleted scenes to this one, um, but I think they did a good job by cutting them because the pacing was perfect. Like it flowed really, yeah, really well. I, and I, those deleted scenes—they're not bad, but like they—they would have like really hurt the pacing of the movie. I think if they crammed them in there. You know, for a Sonic movie, that's important. You need good pacing because mm-hmm. it's all about pacing with Sonic. Am I am I wrong? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see where they end up going with this. Because, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities that, you know, they could go off the rails with it. We'll see. You know, I'm I'm hoping, cautiously optimistic. But that news gives me pause, though, because mm-hmm. that means if they're already planning for this, then this could feel like an incomplete movie. Yeah, it might have a cliffhanger. Which, you know, I, I like cliffhangers sometimes if they do it right. Like Endgame, I mean, Infinity right, War. If, if you're just, well, but, but we knew where we were going after that. This True. could be one of those situations where they, they just, it's all set up an exposition for everything coming afterwards. And it's like, yeah, but 
we wanted a movie this time, not not set up. Oh, like Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the we worst example that. of that. Yeah. Shit. Hmm. Oh man, that made me sad. So fingers crossed, we <laughs> won't get that. But I'm just saying, Same. we might. Yeah. Um, but one thing, one more thing, I wanted to point out real quick. Uh, during that that once once again, back to the building action sequence. Uh, there's this part where Sonic like gets hit, I think, by one of the missiles or something or an explosion and he's falling and he loses all his rings and they start like clinging on the ground. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, when you get hit in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, like it's something about that, like really made me smile. I was like, that's perfect. Thank you. It, if nothing else, little that, Easter eggs, that moment right there, like really made this movie work for me. Just brought me back. It's subtle nods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think overall they did a good job with taking taking what uh, people loved as as kids, bringing it to the big screen, doing it right, mm-hmm. and and uh, not not going overboard and shoehorning just every little thing in just to uh, just to do it. And uh, I I wasn't sure what what uh, what to get from it, but I heard from enough people that they enjoyed it to go watch it, and uh, I finally did. And I am I am optimistic optimistically excited for the sequel and that comes out april something or other maybe maybe right after i edit this and release it who knows we'll see how quick i am (laughs) uh anything else you guys want to uh to say about the movie is there anything you guys are looking forward to in the sequel like something that you hope is in the next movie i can't say there is anything specific that i'm looking for because everything that i've seen Mm -hmm. I see the nods, you know, the airplane, oh, uh, that's robotic right. yeah. ship, Knuckles, even that poster they did that yes. looks like the Sonic 2 case. I thought that was kind of a neat yes. thing. That was brilliant. But yeah. That's a beautiful way to, yeah, that was a beautiful way to do a little callback to something from those games, mm-hmm. from the childhood people grew up on and not have it in the movie. It was right. just like, here, you remember that? You see that? There you go. But we're not going to do this in the movie. Hopefully, we're not going to do this in the movie because they didn't do it last time. (laughs) But I can't say there's anything specific that I'm I'm aching for. I just want it to be good. Uh, Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping they'll have a nod to, like, the chemical plant zone because that's such an iconic Uh, part of that game, you know? Mm. That's Sonic 2, I mean. Yeah. that, we'll that see. Maybe they. Maybe I don't know how you would work that in, but <laughs> I don't know. He could just be running through a chemical plant. Yeah. We don't know where they're going. Right? It's a worldwide yeah. trip. <laughs> Either that or like the casino. I, level. I think maybe there'll be like a scene in Vegas or something. <laughs> yeah. If they, yeah, if they work in um, a level from Sonic Two, that would be that would be interesting. Or if we see uh, Robotnik start utilizing animals uh yeah controlling them somehow within the robots mm-hmm. uh but that's a lot of lot of animals you know being captured and turned into slaves <laughs> that could be kind of so, dark i don't know P- <laughs> yeah it's a it's a dark turn to do that so i don't know if i necessarily yeah. want that actually you know what i've got something now now sure. i'm thinking okay. about it because there was a moment in this movie that i i appreciated from the score perspective. Oh, okay. Right at the end, as everything's kind of going back to normal, uh-huh. we get that little piano rendition of the Green Hill Zone from Sonic 1. Yep. Ooh. And it's so awesome. subtle. Yeah. 
but it's so perfect that works within the context of the scene. And if you didn't know it, you just think, well, this is a nice little ditty for the for the movie. You know, everything's kind of calm and peaceful. So I would actually like to hear an iconic piece, like from the Chemical Plant Zone. That's got a good score from what I remember from Definitely. the game. Definitely, yep. Find if they have that scene in there, work that in, but do like a, a new rendition of that and the score. That would be awesome. Yeah, Stephen, do you get anything else you want to talk about with the movie? No, I'll say that uh, this was one of the better video game adaptations I've ever seen. Easily. Yes. Uh, I really highly recommend it to anyone who is a fan of Sonic. And if, if Even if you're not, mm-hmm. I'd say it's a good movie on its own merits. So you don't have to be a Sonic fan. You just get to appreciate it more if you are. So I agree. I want more adaptations like this. I want more studios to look at this as an example mm-hmm. and say, how, to get how right. can we do this movie with some, because Mortal Kombat, I mean, God damn, they had all the opportunities and they just said, well, we're going to do a movie without the tournament and I, just setting it up for the next yeah. movie. And it's like, why, what are you doing? I, I think a lot, of, I just didn't understand it. I know we've talked about that to death on that on that season <laughs> podcast of Assemble. Sure, yeah. But I I think it'll depend on how good the sequel is. You know, if 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 that first mm-hmm. one was a good setup for the sequel and the sequel ends up being awesome, then it'll work. But if the sequel ends up not even being as good as the first one, then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that and that's a pretty high bar to set, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You're hinging everything on the first movie yeah yeah and, and they at this point they have to go into the tournament with that one you can't do another oh totally setup because you you set up the tournament this time so you need to go and set you need to continue forward now at uh, yeah at this point so we'll see what that what that franchise has for their future before that though we're gonna hope that sonic 2 is um mm-hmm. is better and if it continues and rolls out more movies you know what as long as they're good i i'm okay with it I just want to be entertained. Yeah. Before we go, how do you guys feel about the new Super Mario movie in the works with Chris Pratt and a bunch of other people? I uh, am optimistic simply because of the production studio behind it, Illumination. They do great work. I know a lot of people are not happy about... Chris Pratt seems to be the only one no one cares for as far as casting. I haven't really heard anyone complain about the rest of the cast. And I feel like most of those choices are very inspired. Yeah, oh yeah. Like I never thought about Charlie Day as Luigi, but I can't wait to hear him go, oh, Mario, what are you doing over here? We gotta go to the Mushroom Kingdom and save a princess. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I'm excited about him. Uh, Seth Jack Rogen? Black. Seth Rogen's in it as Donkey Kong? Seth Rogen? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Fred. <laughs> a yeah, bit. who? Uh, be a better Fred Armisen. Kong. Fred Armisen is cranky. Okay, cranky. Yeah. Oh my God. You <laughs> and um, Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Keegan Michael as Toad, that dude. That amazing. that right there has already got me sold because yeah. you know he's going to be in there. Uh yeah. I can't. I really I'm excited for good. it because I really hope it's good. I, I I really think I think it'll be. I'll give it Sonic level, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. where it's a re- it's a good, entertaining movie. I think we'll be right there, and I think they're playing it safe doing it animated because yeah. now you can do the story right. Mm-hmm. I still you can do feel it like justice. you can do it live action. Yeah. Yeah. I still feel like you can do it live action. I, I'm, I'm 
very adamant about that because I've got ideas myself, but I'm not in Hollywood to make movies. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just have to keep that on my shelf. But this is a safe play for Nintendo to bring Mario back. And I think they've got a good cast, despite what people think about Chris Pratt. I think it'll be fine. And if they pull it off, we might actually finally get a Legend of Zelda movie. Nintendo might actually <laughs> feel yeah. you know, confident enough to do that. That's one I want to see in live action, though, you know? Oh, yeah. No, As long sure. as it's not the, the cartoon Although, from the 80s yeah, or 90s. No. Yeah. Oh, God. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now, if you're going to do it animated, it has to be like Ghibli-level animated. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. At least give it some credibility, you know, that, yeah. that nice, just pristine. Oh, man. Ghibli, that's a whole other podcast we could do. <laughs> coming soon. It's coming. I'll get my wife on for that one. She'll she'll be uh, ecstatic about that. Nice. Someday it'll be here. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I'm excited for... I'm excited to see what they do with the movie. I'm not sure what it's going to be, mm-hmm. but... If they're creative enough, I'll be on board. And a, a very creative approach to a old cartoon mm. that I'm very excited for is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, right. I forgot that about that. Yeah. Really has that is a fresh approach to acknowledging the the old school cartoon, but this is a completely different approach. And uh, I'm excited to see where that that movie goes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that trailer that trailer was bonkers to the point where I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And I watch it again. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. There's a trailer? Because it... it I ain't to go you watch this yeah. trailer yet? No, oh, wow. I somehow missed it. No, you've got to watch this trailer because nice. it just, it catches you off guard because I wasn't, I didn't know this is what they were going to do. Mm, okay. And then they're presenting nope. this concept and I'm like... <laughs> Holy shit, I really want to see this now. It's giving me Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibes. Whoa. And really? I yeah. love that movie. Nice. Yes. That's and, right. when, and when we're done, go watch the trailer. I will. Pulling Spoil- up right now. <laughs> <laughs> before, <laughs> I'm, before I'm even done with this podcast, I'm just going to go watch <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Screw this podcast. I need to watch the trailer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always thought Tailspin would be a mm. good one to like revise, mm. bring back, you know? Yeah. I loved it I as a kid. That. I don't know. But if they kind up, of. But... Well, did you ever watch the uh, the revamped DuckTales that they did? I did not. Man, I'm sorry to say I haven't. I, I did love DuckTales, too. That was my jam as a kid. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have Disney Plus? I do. I do. It's it's there. I just need to find time. Yeah. Put it on your list. Will do. I promise you, you will be pleasantly surprised. And nice. all the little. Like like you said, tailspin. Uh-huh. All your Disney afternoon friends, you'll get references. You'll get oh, weeks. You'll get nods. You'll even get full awesome. episodes. It's all there. It it really. I wasn't sure how I felt about it initially, and then the more I watched it, I was like, "This is an amazing adaptation of Ducktales." Awesome. That's great. To so hear. I love it just as much as I love the original. All right. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've covered Sonic. Sonic Two will be. Um... Dropping soon, April 8th of, uh, of this year. So hopefully it will live Woo! up to the, the first Sonic film. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's great to have you. Hopefully you, uh, you had a little bit of fun with us. Oh, absolutely. I always have fun with you guys. Mm-hmm. This is the very first time we've actually had to con- had got to converse 
oh, yeah. on one of these shows, and I didn't have to be in charge of anything. <laughs> I just got to sit around and chat. <laughs> it's the best. Where where can everybody find you again? You can. The easiest way to go is to go to pencilpaperproductions.com. You can find all of my content nice. there. But if you just want to seek out the podcast itself, just look up Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I know that's a mouthful, but you can do hashtag Super Mega Crash. Mm-hmm. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter at Super Mega Crash. Uh, Instagram, Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. Just, it's all there. Super Mega Crash. It's all in the name. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Thank you. Eric, what are you working on other than Podcasters Assembled right now? Uh, I got a few things in the works, but I just want to really quickly plug the Super Switch Club, which we just kind of kind of just started up, even though we technically started it last year, but it's just starting to roll out now. Um, we just finished season one, which is uh, Zelda 2, and we just started on season two, which is going to be all of us playing through Star Fox. So that's been a lot of fun to work on. It's it's basically a video game podcast podcasters assemble style so people send in audio and then i edit them together uh but yeah just a fun little project that you know because i I have nothing but time apparently (laughs) i don't know why yeah but yeah that's what i'll have to get you back on uh super mega crash brothers to promote that as well because i've been i've been listening to that and looking at what you guys are doing and it really seems like a fun time. I I want to contribute. I just don't know if I have the time oh. along with everything else. Oh, I understand. Doing. Yeah, we'd love but to have you on there at some point. For hopefully sure. soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll make it. Yeah, work. I'll. Uh, if there's a game that comes about that I, I know extensively, I'll 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 throw my hat in. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's just for one episode, that'd be awesome. Sure. You can uh, follow along with all of our, uh, what do we call it, questionable content, Eric? <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it's online at probablywork.com. Also, probably. uh, we have a a lovely... <laughs> probably it's work. probably on there. <laughs> uh, and we have a wonderful Patreon um, where you can get all sorts of uh, behind-the-scenes access, early episodes, blooper reels, outtakes. That's at patreon.com backslash assemble. And uh, and and there's merch, I believe, coming soon from what I saw. That's right. Woo! Yeah. Hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have all that rolling out. So. I've looked up all of my um, all of the clamps and, and coverings and everything that weird stuff that you've created. I'm excited. <laughs> so you've got a weird mind, but I'm excited. I, all right. So so I, I showed him I, I sent him an image of the buttons that we made. We made like a little, you know like little pins that you put on your shirt or whatever, you know, or mm-hmm. bag or whatever. Uh, and he's like, are those, would you call them nipple coverings? <laughs> <laughs> I I forget. Nipple clamps? I don't know. Yeah. I was like, well, anything could be that if you're brave enough, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, wait. No, those are clocks. My bad. <laughs> yeah, there's those two. Well, I have no idea what we're covering next. Oh, actually, it's Big Trouble in Little China. That's what we're doing. So yeah. Whenever nice. that episode comes out, uh, we'll be disassembling for that with, uh, I believe, Chris and Corey are going to be on and Jeremy from the Neatcast. So that'll be, a, that'll be a fun one. That's coming up in the near future. But uh, for now, that's it from Sonic. And I guess until next time, we can uh, disassemble? <laughs> Maybe? Gotta go fast. Ah, nice. Perfect. We're going to end with that.
Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work, Probably, podcast network. Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble by looking us up on Twitter and Instagram at Casters Assemble or joining our Discord page. Link in the show notes. Submissions are always open. Intro written by Eric Slater. This episode was edited by Zach Dervy. Voiceover by a guy in a basement with three daughters who's just glad he's not on food stamps. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to where you can find them all online. Thank you. Are you nostalgic for a simpler time? A time where controllers didn't have so many buttons. A time where games weren't so overly complicated by so many plot devices. Yeah. Me too. I miss my NES. Hi. <laughs> I'm Bill, and I absolutely love old video games, but I didn't have anyone to play with, so I decided to start the Super Switch Club. That's right, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reliving the nostalgia of retro video games that are also on the Nintendo Online Virtual Library. Each week, my friends and I will discuss games from the NES to the SNES. Games like... Super Mario World, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Donkey Kong Country, The Legend of Zelda, Super Metroid, Balloon Fight, Punch Out, A Link to the Past, F Zero, and so much more. The Super Switch Club is a Podcasters Assemble style show from the We Can Make This Work, probably, Podcast Network, where we'll be replaying and discussing some of our favorite video games from our childhood. So join us on the Super Switch Club where you can relive the nostalgia of tearing your hair out over an NES game that loves to troll the shit out of you. Best of all, you can too. Head on over to probablywork.com slash superswitchclub now to learn more.